Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Real Estate with Axe, San Diego's premier podcast, keeping you up to date with all things relating to the San Diego real estate market, from interest rates to interviews with locals and everything in between. On today's episode of Real Estate with Axe, we're going to be covering inventory. We're going to look at weekly changes, year-to-date new listings, historical data, referencing all that stuff. In addition, we're going to be chatting around the national delinquency rate of first lien mortgages. This is really interesting information, especially if you are one of those people or you have people around you that have been speaking to the, uh, the imminent foreclosures uh, crash that I've been hearing about at least for the last three years. And uh, so we'll speak to that. It'll also show historical data so you can compare and contrast what's happening now versus what has happened in the past. Uh, In addition, we're also going to be speaking to the commercial property values around America and the different sectors of commercial, whether it's office or industrial, malls, etc., and seeing how those types of properties are appreciating or maybe not. Um, And then following that, I'm going to kind of do a little segue into maybe how we should rezone several of these cities to add dramatically more residential Um, inventory to the city rather than leaving these office buildings empty. And I actually did a video on this a couple months ago. You can see that either on my Instagram page or my YouTube page. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, just behind me is the YouTube page uh, up there. So if you're not subscribed, please go ahead and do that. Real Estate with Axe. We're doing this every week in addition to Reels every week. So you're getting content like every other day on all these platforms. So uh, and lastly, we're going to have a big congrats to my clients, Alan and Cass, later at the end of the episode. Super excited for them. Uh, but without further ado, let's jump into episode 11. 11. All right, so first things first, we are jumping into inventory discussions today. Uh, the weekly inventory shift from July 28th to August 4th was only about 3,000 units. So we went from 484,000 and change up to 487,000 and change. Uh, if we're looking to last year's data, same week, inventory also just kind of barely jumped. Last year it was about 5,000 units. Again, this year, three. So we're continuing along that trend line of being below and underperforming at least the inventory and sales of last year. We are not um, underperforming in terms of price. So that's something we have to continue to uh, reiterate is yes, sales are down. Yes, inventory is down. Prices are up. Um, The inventory bottom for 2022, this was our all-time low, was 240,000 units across the country and the inventory peak of this year is right now 487,000 units and for context active listings for this week in 2015 were right around 1.2 million units so again we are way down from that number so obviously as we've spoken about in the past there are several things we can do in order to start making up that margin Okay, so let's jump into new listings. Uh, These are the new listings this week compared to the same week in past years. So this week in 2023, 61,490 new listings across the country. In 2022, 74,000. So we were down about 13,000 year over year. And that's actually, that's about 20% um, down. 
Uh, and then also if we're looking back to 2021, it was 79,000. So again, this year, 61, last couple years, definitely dramatically higher on the new listings week over week. Uh, one thing that I think is really interesting are these home price shifts that we keep seeing data referencing over the last 12 months. So this one that I'm looking at now, uh, it does not pertain to San Diego. So these are markets that we wanted to focus on uh, over the last 12 months that are, have either appreciated the most or not so much. So if we're looking at negative year-over-year -year appreciation, the highest is Boise City, Idaho, um, which is unfortunate. I have a, a good friend that's a realtor out there, actually two of them. And uh, so fingers crossed for how you're, how you're handling those conversations with your clients. Um, Boise City, Idaho is down 10.5%. Austin, Texas, down 10.2%. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, down 6.5%. Honolulu, down 5.1%. Las Vegas, down 5%. Ogden, Utah, down 3.8%. Stockton, California, down 3.7%. Provo, Utah, down 3.5%. Sacramento, down 3.5%. And Spokane, Washington, down 3.3%. So those are interesting data points. Uh, many of those areas either had a tremendous... Uh, boost during the pandemic time frame of people moving, leaving Los Angeles, leaving San Francisco, uh, and moving to a cheaper uh, real estate sector. And now with a lot of those companies now calling them back, like Zoom this past week saying, hey, we have a digital uh, communication platform, but we can't have you communicating from home. We need you in the office. Um, we're having that happen. And so a lot of these values and really the demand for these areas has just freefalled. Um, that said, some of these areas, though, have been building dramatically because there's been a lot of new business moving to those areas. And so that's why those prices have come down and corrected because there's more inventory, Austin, Texas being one of them. So uh, so it's not always a negative. Um, we actually around the country need more of this. We need more inventory. We need more starter homes, as you hear me regurgitating constantly. And so that's actually a good sign for long-term uh, health of the real estate market within some of those areas, Austin specifically. Um, so now let's speak to some of the ones that appreciated the most over the last 12 months. Oklahoma City, 6.9%. Augusta National, or just Augusta, Georgia, 6.9%. Uh, Allentown, Pennsylvania, 7.1%. New Haven, Connecticut, 7.2%. Syracuse, New York, The Orange, McNamara, Carmelo Anthony, 7.8%, uh, Rochester, New York, 7.8%, Hartford, Connecticut, 8%, Omaha, Nebraska, 8.1%, Knoxville, Tennessee, 8.3%, and McAllen, Texas, which I've been to, 11.8% of appreciation over the last 12 months. And so just like I was saying a minute ago, some of this uh, on the appreciation side as well as the, the negative appreciation uh, pertains to whether there's been large amount of home developments happening. Also, uh, with a lot of the larger employers moving warehouses and things to some of those areas, more demand happens, more sales happen, prices skyrocket because there's not enough supply. So that's what we see kind of across, I would say, probably 30 to 40% of these markets. The other ones are just correcting because the, um, the demand dramatically outweighed what we're seeing now, right? That was what the case during the pandemic. Okay, so next thing we want to jump into are the national delinquency rates of first lien mortgages. And so if you're not familiar with any of that terminology, basically what that means is 
when you go to buy a house, you typically are only taking out one loan for that house, right? So that would be your first mortgage or your first note or first lien against the property, however you want to describe it. So that's the dynamic. So what we're looking at here is data from right now. We're also looking at historical data from 2000 to 2005. That's pre-run-up um, to the crash in 2008-ish time frame. And if you look over that average from 2000 to 2005, the percentage of uh, first lien mortgages in delinquency was about 4.27%. Um, the Where we are today, I'm going to give you a second. Do you think we're above that or do you think we're below that? Let's wait. One, two, three. We're below that. So in 2023, our delinquency rate is currently at 3.12% across all first lien mortgages. So if you have people in your life, I know I have many in my life, but if you have some in your life that have been screaming about this foreclosure crash, this imminent foreclosure crash is coming and it's going to be immense and there's going to be a flood of new inventory coming on the market because of it, that's not happening. Point them to this data. If you want to see this chart, you can watch this YouTube video or you can ask me for it. I'd be happy to DM it to you. You can share it with your friends and family. We are below the averages in 2000 and 2005. And during that time, that was a boom of, of uh, real estate uh, economic behavior as well. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't a downturn time. That was a good time and we were at 4.27%. We're at 3.12% right now. So take that to your friends and family. You're going to look like a genius. You know what you're talking about. Um, something to speak to that is being threatened uh, is the apartment building sector across the United States. Uh, we have a dramatic amount of debt that continues to rise. Um, a lot of these loans are being called due, right? And now that we have rates double, where a lot of these people have their rates initially and they need to refinance uh, or, they or, or renegotiate new terms, they're now, they have no leverage, right? And so we've heard constantly about all these different people, whether they're mall owners, whether they're apartment uh, building owners, whether they're office uh, building owners, just turning in the keys, hotel owners, um, just turning in the keys to the bank. And um, this is continuing to be a problem. So I'm looking at this chart here. So from Q1 from 2007, all the way up to Q1 of 2023, we've gone from outstanding multifamily mortgages sitting at somewhere around 700 billion across all of these things to now closer up to, gosh, what is that? That's to $2 trillion. So it's almost tripled uh, during the time frame of 2007 to 2023. Uh, that debt is not a good sign moving forward for multifamily holders of property. Um, kind of just continuing on this trend of property values that have come under pressure in the past year. So we have six different sectors of commercial property. One is offices, another is apartments, hotels, industrial, malls, and self-storage. So the one that's been relatively stagnant that hasn't really dipped or appreciated uh, are hotels. Uh, Good sign. I mean, we've actually had quite a bit of activity. If you look at the economy over the summer, ton of traveling hotels here in San Diego have been slammed, whether it's during convention time frames or whether it's just, you know, people wanting to come out here, enjoy the beach, go to SeaWorld, go to the zoo. Um, if we're going incrementally, the second best uh, sector within commercial in terms of their property values is industrial. 
they've come down about looks like about three to four percent here on the chart. Uh, for, a third would be self storage that they look like they've come down about five percent in terms of property value. Uh, fourth would be malls. Malls have come down right around ten percent in property value. Uh, that'd be interesting. Actually, in the comments, let me know if you guys are still out there shopping in physical malls or if you're purely an Amazon buyer or someone online, direct to consumer, uh, or if you feel like you'd like to go to the store, try something on. If you're actually actively purchasing out and about in person, I'd love to get your perspective on that. Uh, fifth are apartments. So apartment buildings have depreciated almost 20% in the last 12 months. Uh, this is That's kind of just goes back to what we were saying. A lot of these people now need to refinance at a lower uh, rate. Maybe they don't have the equity or a lower price point, I should say. And maybe they don't have the equity to cover uh, what they need to refinance, especially with these rates being so high. Interesting stuff. Uh, lastly, our offices. And depending on your area, uh, they may have free fallen in, um, in value way more than the national average, but the national average looks to be just under 30%. Uh, I know that is a much higher number in New York City. I know it's a much higher number in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Um, it'd be interesting um, to see how that continues to trend. And so what I mentioned at the beginning of the pod is in relation to offices, I made a video, let's call it two months ago, um, on Instagram and YouTube. It's a little, it's a short where I'm speaking to the uh, potential need for rezoning America. And so it was in reference to um, different kind of historic office districts and how the foot traffic has diminished by an immense degree over the last few years. And we've seen an uptick in metro areas kind of around those historic office areas. And so uh, this goes back to, you know, the inventory uh, amounts of homes that we speak to constantly and seeing that we are clearly at a deficit as it pertains to residential uh, and we have this gluttony of offices now in the moment of people that just don't want to go back or they can't renew their lease, they can't afford it. And so my thought process around this is that whether you're in San Francisco, whether you're in LA, New York, or even here locally in San Diego, we have buildings here that are empty as well. Many of you that, that have been here a long time know about the Civic Center area and know that there are several buildings over there that have been abandoned for a long time and no one's doing anything with them. Why don't we rezone those buildings, help the inventory issue today, or if, it's a, or if it'll become a rental for apartments, continue to give people options to bring some of these prices down and utilize the property. Don't let the property just fall into disrepair or continue to. What are we doing? Local government. I hope you're listening. Let, come on, right? Like I'm clearly passionate about this. I know you guys are. It's, there, are there seem to be very clear things we can do to benefit the end consumer. So why don't we do them? Stop with the red tape. Stop with the bureaucracy. Let's just do it. Rezone America. We need to. Um, last thing. This I'm so pumped about this. So Alan and Cassandra, they're clients of mine that are fantastic people. Uh, they're original. Well, I shouldn't say originally. They live in the Phoenix area. Alan is a captain for the United Airlines, uh, and they're looking to come out this way. They want to be closer to an airport where uh, that is his hub that he works out of. And uh, we've looked for properties. We found one for him. Uh, we made an offer. The offer actually got rejected by the sellers. 
these sellers came back to us a few weeks later because we were able to make a really great connection with their listing agents and they said hey you know we really like you we like your team we want to be able to work with you guys do you think you can bring your buyers back to this property do you think they have any interest i said yeah absolutely they love the home i said but you know obviously it's been a couple more weeks you're still on the market uh, the terms are going to have to get a little bit sweeter for my clients so we were able to get the purchase price down we were able to get the sellers to cover the buyer's closing costs uh, we were also able to have the sellers completely take care of the request for repairs and we whenever you listen to this we are closing thursday august 10th i'm recording the day before uh, but i'm just really excited for them they're first time home buyers and uh, they've been nothing but fantastic throughout the whole process and so I just couldn't be more pumped for them. So congrats, Alan and Cassandra. You guys have been amazing. Shout out to their lender, Corey. He's been great as well. And uh, I'm just really excited to uh, be a part of their journey and uh, help to bring them to San Diego. So uh, that's it. That's all I got. We're going to keep this short. Or actually, I guess it's not too short. But I hope you guys have a great day, great afternoon, great morning, whenever you're listening to this. Uh, you know I always say the same stuff here at the end. If you're still here, comment lifer because that means you support me in a major way. Comment lifer on this video or on the podcast. Give me a quick five-star review if you're listening on Spotify. Give me all the likes, all the comments, all that stuff. Help us with the algorithm. And, uh, and lastly, if you want to connect with me down below in the description, the first thing in the show notes will be my Calendly link. So you can do, uh, you can schedule a discovery call, you can schedule a buyer consultation, a seller consultation. Um, I'd be happy to chat with you. It pulls up my calendar. You can pick a time that works well for you. And, and then you know where to find me, realestatewithaxe.com, all my socials, at realestatewithaxe. Behind me, you'll see the YouTube page. That's at realestatewithaxe. Uh, but I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Talk to you soon. Peace.